Welcome to Learning with Lisa, Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast with Lisa Navarra, award-winning educator, consultant, behavior specialist, author, and parent. This podcast provides support for school leaders, educators, and parents. We share and discuss evidence-based resources that are embedded in social and emotional learning to meet the needs of students who struggle focusing and learning. Teachers and parents find information and strategies to improve students' academic, behavioral, and social-emotional performance. It's time to turn kids from I can't into I can. Welcome to Student Success Beyond Expectations. Do you have a child or a student that doesn't really seem connected with a peer or other children their age? Does your child seem lonely? Because they're different and they're different from what's around them. Does your child have a struggle, disability? Maybe they're even deaf or blind. And there's no one in your community that can even understand what it is that you need to do to support your child. Well, today we bring you Kalina, you are going to be astounded and you really need to stick with us because Kalina's message to everyone is to harness your disability, but even more so you live in the purpose of who you are. You decide what you want and with the support of those around you, you can make it happen. We're gonna learn about Kalina, her life as a child when she was diagnosed at four years old now 24, with being deaf. And we're gonna learn about what she's doing now. But even more than all of that, I asked Kalina one very important question. And that was why? Why do you have an outreach to tell people your story? And here's what she has to say. Kalina, welcome. And would you please tell us why is it that you absolutely persistently go and tell as many people who will listen on the right platforms that you know will get that message out there about your story. Why is that? So my story all started um, because I want to allow other children who are looking up to me and make a difference. I want to teach the next generation how to be themselves without feeling ashamed. And as well, it all started when I was working at a big park uh, in Canada's Wines Line. A little boy approached me and he said, Miss, Miss, look, look. He showed me his hearing aid and his mom came full of joy, super excited. And she's like, didn't you just did that for my son? You just show him that there is someone else that like him. And it's so hard to find someone like my son. I just want to say you're going to make a change in the world. So that's just why I'm doing this. Thank you. And parents, isn't that the truth? You just want to see your child be able to relate. And teachers out there, isn't it great to be able to draw upon the experiences of other educators when you get a child with a disability in your class and it's a new one? Because <laughs> there's so many out there and there's medical conditions that we haven't ever had. Well, this is what Colleen is doing. And I want you to be able to follow her, get to know her contact her with questions because she's here to broaden your knowledge base of what it is that we can do to really integrate our own lives. 
And what she shared with me just before we went live here is that people are surprised that she doesn't even matter intelligence because people see, sometimes see your disability first. They're surprised at how being deaf, she's able to help them or another person without a disability. So Kalina, can you talk to us about that? Yes, I would say I know um, every time I work or go out there and help other people who are not deaf. And I remember, and they always be shocked and they'll be like, wait, you're deaf? You don't look deaf or you don't act deaf. And I said, there's no specific look or image of a disability should look like. And when people see me and they're like, whoa, Kalina can do this, I can do that. And there should be no excuse. And that is something a lot of people learned about me, especially like white community is like, wow, Kalina is a power girl. Like she will do whatever it takes to get things done. And I am that person. I would never allow my disability to get in the way for anything. You know, Kalina, let's talk real here. There are so many children who, they are so hard on themselves. And let me tell you, as a special education teacher and a consultant myself, I've seen it. Seen it as early as six, seven years old, right? So what is the difference? What do we need to do for these children so that way we, we can turn their I can't into I can like you. Yes, I would say honestly for parents or teachers by sitting, I highly recommend you um, to look into the IEP because I feel like that's the number one thing a lot of teachers overlook a lot of times. Make sure each teacher that the student is working with, they are getting access to those resources. And the second thing is I definitely look for resources that have what, what disability child has because it's super important for them to connect with the community and to understand what their disabilities are. Because myself, I went to two different schools. I went to a deaf school and a hearing school. The reason for that is because my family knew that, okay, when you're deaf, she needs to be able to feel comfortable in her own skin in her community, so that way she understands what it's like to be out there without her community. So that's super important. Lena, when your parents exposed you to both worlds, as you say, how about how old were you? I would, so I was in K, so kindergarten ish. Ah. Yes, I went to school really early. I went to school when I was five years old. So I went right. to deaf school. Okay, yeah. so that's typical five years old, kindergarten, but you were diagnosed at four. So right four. away, your parents were, okay, this is what we've got to deal with. And we're going both worlds. Yes. Not that's just here. They might have been in denial and say she's got to we're going to push her through somehow but they weren't tell me about and tell us about your parents my parents are so my mom was a single mom unfortunately she was a single mom um so she was left not long actually i had a big family support so my grandma actually earned the nurse so my grandma knew what she was doing how soon she we found out i was deaf my grandma knew what she was doing same thing with my mom my mom went to school at the time and so they both got a lot of resources from my aunt, uncle, my dad's family as well. Um, so with a lot of support, um, it was really challenging because I didn't know what was going on because I was kept moving a lot. And I was just like, why am I in two different schools? And I was junk, I wouldn't understand. But now I'm getting older, I understand what they did. They were just trying to make me find who I am in my community and who I am in the outdoor world because it's very important to understand 
where you stand in two different communities. Either you are have different disability versus the other one. But you have to understand where you stand a lot of time and you have to understand what you're good at and what you're not good at. I feel like that's a lot important. A lot of people don't get. Knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at in both worlds, not just the one. Just not one, exactly. So when you went to school to schools, how time-wise, like how does that work? So I went to a deaf school in the morning, which is better for me because that way I can get up for Annie Janet and be like, yes, I'm going to my favorite school first in the morning. Um, and I'm like, yeah, so that way it's still energetic. And then when I go to the hand school, I'm like, ah, I don't want to be here. So um, the hand school was very fun. I actually learned a lot about myself. I learned sign language. I was able to learn about different ways to communicate with different people who like that. So it was kind of cool. And um, so I brought those communication skills with me to the hand school. However, I was only that person in this class. So it was very um, interesting. Um, I got to read a lot. But if it wasn't for my best friend, they, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be here. You know, they all like stand up for me. And um, it was like, a, like four of us actually, four girls. And we all like together. They're like, if you pick on Kalina, I'm coming after you. So <laughs> 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 was a lot of support. And you know, um, I feel like um, the timing can be a little bit different. The time can be a little bit different, but um, it can be difficult at times. But because sometimes there's some days where I can't go to the deaf school because I don't able to get a ride there because it's far from my house. So I have to take a school bus. So let's say a, a snowstorm or anything that happened, I wouldn't be able to go. I remember one time there was a big snowstorm, but I couldn't go to the deaf school. So I ended up going to the hands the whole time. And I did not like it. I told my, I was crying. I told my mom, I want to get out of here. So yeah, so that was how I balanced two schools. Where was it new for you, a teacher, to have a student who was deaf in her class? Um, in the deaf school or the hearing school? The hearing school. The hearing school. I was the only one that was deaf. There's nobody else. So it was very. The teachers were okay at first. I felt like they didn't know, and again, they never met a deaf student, so they had no idea what they were doing. Right. But they were too afraid to kind of speak up a bit and be like, okay, clean it up. We got to take our time, slow down. Uh, because a lot of times there was a um, lot of like social, I guess, social group games. So there are times where I was confused what was happening because I'm a lip reader. So I have to read your lips consistently to understand. And it was, it was hard, but, you know, it was, I kind of wish the hand school could do better. Um, so yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So what do you see now? You're in Toronto, Canada, right? Yes. Okay, but I have a feeling it may not be too different than here in the States. Tell okay. me about what you think could be different improvements in helping children who have either impairments or who are legally deaf within hearing schools. And that would be like as a hearing school, meaning a regular school who for people who are They'll get stuck on that name. It's either, you know, you're going to a school that's designed for students who are legally deaf, or you're going to a school like you have no disabilities or disabilities that um, educators are commonly trained on. Fair enough? Yeah. Okay. Enough. Okay. So what are some um, improvements that you think public schools or hearing schools could improve upon? I would say they could improve on um, being more strict on the IEP uh, because I know a lot of 
teachers think that students are taking advantage of that. And it's kind of unfortunate because for, my, for me, for example, when I was in middle school, high school, they never took my IEP student. There's four times where I ask teacher for extra help and they think that I'm taking advantage of it because I am deaf. And I'm just like, okay, but I have a disability. So I don't know why you guys would think I'd be lying on my behalf. And that's, that's number one, be really strict on the IEP too. Uh, teachers, be mindful of how you teach in your classroom. I noticed that a lot of teachers don't teach uh, inclusively. And it's not their fault, but because there's no education on that. And even I noticed when teacher college training, yes, there are acceptable training, but there are no acceptable training consistent, I would say. There's always that one training. And it's unfortunate, so it's like, okay, why there's not enough training? And number three, I would say, um, be open-minded for both parents and teachers, work together collaboratively. I noticed that all the time, parents would say one thing and the teachers say one thing, and it, it doesn't work, right? So I always highly encourage a lot of parents and teachers, please, please, we are wanting you guys to help us to, to be successful in our future and in our school. And you know, it happened to me too. Like my mom wanted to do something and my daughter comes and said, no. And then she's like, oh no, Taisha needs to be, Kalina needs to be pulled back. And it's just like, my mom saying, no, I told Kalina she needs to do this. And so it was just a lot of time that make confusion to the student. Mm-hmm. And especially it, it makes a lot harder for your child to be successful in school. So regarding the IEP first, when you're saying that they thought that you were taking advantage of it, are you really talking about the accommodations, like extra time on tasks, um, questions and answers read, yeah. preferential seating, things like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they they weren't giving you that. Oh, that's interesting. Not really. Like they'll give it to me, but they won't. And then they're like, like, "Come oh, on, hurry up, hurry up!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that. Come like, on, you're not yet. Come on. Yeah. We only got five more hours for double time. Come on. <laughs> yeah, literally, just like that. I'm like, okay. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be able to relax and think, and this might actually work for me. Stop making me stressed. <laughs> exactly. Hundred percent. Okay. All right, so there's a good lesson right there. So that's what Kalina means about the IEP. It means that as educators or proctors in the room, even though everyone is finished, and if you have that student with the accommodation and they're really trying, and even if it seems like they're not, but they're not done, it's important to deliver that accommodation of what's typically double time or directions revised or explained and explaining it to them in a way that they understand it. Not in a way that's just different than it was scripted to be said, but in a way that child is understanding what the directions are so they could show what they know. Is that what you mean, Kalina? Yeah, the doctor, just like that. Okay, so there's a huge lesson. We have to make sure that we are aware of how we're acting and what we're doing. Okay, fair enough. And you said mindful to include everyone. Can you give us an example of that? 
So one example is chairs. So a lot of times teachers don't have something underneath the chair to avoid the creaky noise on the floor. Ah. So for me, I remember I had one class where I always go to and it had a soccer ball underneath the chair. Right, yes. And it was, yeah, so it was really cool. But however, some other classes so doesn't have it. So like, oh, Kalina's not in my class full time, so I don't need it. So it's like, so how am I supposed to hear the, anything? Let's say, God forbid, there's a fire drill, and I can't hear the fire drill because it's always squeaky, squeaky on the floor. Yeah, very sensitive. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, so you're listening to one sound, but you can't hear another. Explain that to our listeners. So because with my heritage back when I was young, uh, my hearing aid was very um, loud, I would say. So anything that would come to me is very like, and I, I would be like quick and overwhelming, like quick, yes. it's fast. Yes. You were in thought, and all of a sudden, the whole world just became that sound. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Um, and then what happened? You weren't able to hear other sounds. Now I would. I don't remember how it worked when I was younger because the hearing aid changed over yeah. the years, so thank goodness yeah. for technology. Um, I don't remember how it worked. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to turn down the stand, unfortunately. Okay. And the stand would, had one volume. Okay, okay. So by, by now that you have different hearing aids when you were first going through this, which taught you valuable lessons to share with others, yeah. you weren't able to, to adjust the sound. Now you can adjust the sound, so if there's an overwhelming loud noise, you can lower it, which then now allows you to do what? You can lower the sound so that that noise isn't overwhelming and it allows you to? It allows me to hear properly directly to one on one person. So that's oh. the cool thing about the new hearing aid and also too, because it's Bluetooth, I'm able to connect my hearing aid to my cell phone very easily. Okay, so that's something that if we're ever working with children, who have um, hearing aids to make sure that their volume is is set appropriately. Exactly, and also to keep in mind, um, if they are not hearing well, I always ask them if they have their hearing aid batteries with them. Ah. When I was younger, I would avoid um, saying my hearing aid battery is dying. <laughs> yes, I've heard of that. Why is that? I, I don't, I think we are so, I guess we're so like sensitive to say, you know, like, hey, like my hearing aid battery is dying and I can't hear, I only can hear one ear. I forgot it at home. So I just want anybody listening, just be mindful to, you know, we may not tell you. Cause sometimes till this day, I'm, I don't even tell someone that my hearing is dying. I just be like, I can't hear, just talk to me in the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. So what do I got to explain myself for? <laughs> and hurry up because I don't know how much longer this battery is going to last. <laughs> so exactly. get to the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's good to laugh and it's good to say, you know what? That's how we connect. We connect by understanding. We connect by identifying what's real and we connect by showing that we care by asking those questions by becoming aware of what our children 
what our friends' children's need, as well as, of course, our students and what they need. Um, so I didn't want to ask this right away because there's so much more to learn. And I think we're really, really sharing a lot. But there might be some people right now saying, how is she, Lisa, how is she hearing you? Like, how are you talking to them? I don't understand. If it's a joke, it's got to be a joke. It's a joke. Let me go to that description of the podcast. It's a joke. No, it's not a joke. But Colleen is here to tell you how she's able to communicate with all of us. I'm of course. So um, so I got a really cool technology hearing aid. So it's been really upgraded, but they are really expensive. Um, unfortunately. Um, so for me, um, so I can hear very well with my Bluetooth. So my hearing aid is like exactly like an AirPod. So you put in your ear, you can hear, you can walk around, you don't need to have your phone on you, just like that. Um, however, except for TVs and computer, I there are two ways I can communicate. You can communicate it through your phone. I know you can do that through your phone. There's closed caption on through your cell phone. And um, thank goodness for Zoom, there's closed caption now. They upgraded it. Um, I do a lot of... Um, like Google Meet, they have closed captions. So I communicate a lot with the non-hearing community as by making sure that they have closed captions for me to, um, in order to have a conversation. So, and also too, because I'm so used to being around hearing community when I was young and I'm the only one that's deaf in my family. So that's how I actually learned how to communicate the glory to my family. Cause they actually taught me how to talk to them. They, they, were, they were patient and open. Yeah, they. So when you're saying closed caption for my listeners, you're saying I'm speaking and on your end of Zoom right now is what I'm saying. No, I'm actually reading your lips right now. Oh, wow. Yes, I'm reading your lips right now. I don't have, I try to put it on, but it doesn't let me. I don't know why. I have to figure it out. But (laughs) Well, I haven't slowed down a bit and I'm from New York, so we're doing great. Yeah, you're amazing. I'm so used to New York. My family's are from New York, too. <laughs> are they? Yeah. And you ended up in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Back <that>. in New York. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, so now we explained a bit about how we're communicating. Now, back when I worked at um, Helen Keller National Center, I had met somebody. And so we were talking through TTY. Are you do they still have that? And can you explain what that is? TTY, I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. I think you have to say it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. I might be dating myself here, Kalina. All right. So TTY is when a hearing person wants to speak with a deaf person. And there's a certain number that you you dial, and there's an operator. And that operator is listening to each person speak, but in different ways. So I would speak to the operator and the operator would type what I'm saying. And the, the person on the other end who I was speaking to, who was deaf, um, was reading what I was saying. And so then vice versa. And so that back in my day, when I was learning to sign and learning a bit about the community, actually we had Rock Your Socks, which is about wearing funky socks um, to open up um, and promote inclusiveness. It was on Friday. I was wearing, I have from Gallaudet University, I have, um, 
I love you socks, like these giant tube socks that go up to your knees. And they're like 25 years old. They're old, but I love them. So I only wear them like once a year. But um, so things have changed uh, and, and clearly for the better. Karina, is there something that you wish you had or something that would make your life easier in any way, in any way you take that question? Um, I just kind of wish I had a therapist or a coach that looks like me and someone that I can, um, who can relate to my story instead of having a hearing therapist because it'll be better for them to understand where I'm coming from and they, and I can understand why they're saying their thing because I noticed that when I talk to a counselor or a therapist that is hearing, it's not what not when I was home to hear, but I felt like they were just saying it like, Bleh. and I was just like, no, like, that's not what I meant. I meant right. this. Right. And I, so it's, it's not what I was hoping for, but that's the one thing I definitely wish I had when I was growing up to have someone that looks like me, someone that I can talk to. And, um, but yeah, and also too, obviously, we all need friends that look like each other. Um, so I only have like one, two good friends that is deaf like me. Um, that's pretty much it. But I just kind of wish that there was more therapist, counselor, or a coach that is like me. Have you looked online? Like, have you looked extensively, even not just in your area? And they're not out there, or? I have, actually. No, I was in high school. I okay. have checked looking, and the, the, the number is very low. And that's why I chose to become a mental health coach so I can help people like myself and help them to get out there and advocate for themselves. So parents, that's what we're talking about. Now, Kalina had a very supportive family. She was so fortunate and so loved. And she was pushed to have confidence, believe in herself in both worlds. And you can see the benefits of it. And that is not short of having struggles of her own, I'm sure. Everything was a learning curve everywhere she went. But the point being is as a parent, believe in your child. And if your child says they wanna be a therapist or don't know what they wanna do, but you can see that they've got that, that caring, compassionate heart and they listen to others well, don't be afraid to suggest that they be a therapist. And, and Kalina can be that go-to person for your child or even your student. You know what I'm talking about educators. When we have to do those transitions and you're a student to say, well, I want to be a therapist. You're like, oh, I don't even know how you would do that. Kalina could be your go-to person. Kalina, talk to us now about what it is that you're doing and how you want to help others in that capacity. Yes. Um, so now I'm a mental health coach. I graduated from psychology. I am just finishing up my postgraduate in mental health in addition. Uh, so my coaching program, so I have family counseling. I have individual I have disabilities just because I am a disability too. Um, also parents too. I want parents to be comfortable speaking by themselves about their child so that someone can relate to what their child's feeling. That way they're not burned out because having a disability child can give you burned out a lot. And I want to give that support to parents, uh, teachers, child, anybody in general to help them and show them that they can succeed in their life no matter what it is. And that's a huge message. And it's not just words. Just like Kalina was saying, she wasn't able to really relate to 
psychotherapist. She was looking for that kind of support, but because they just didn't experience or have the same knowledge base or the types of experiences that she did, although, although they really tried, they really weren't hitting that mark. But, but listen to what she's saying here, because it's coming from experience. It's coming from somebody who is young. So whether or not you have a younger child, you have a tween, a teen, young adult, or someone in your 30s, or it's you who's listening to this. You have a passion, you have a purpose. There's education out there, you find it and you make it happen. And that's what Colleen is doing. And I mean, that's completely, completely commendable, right? Kalina, um, is there anything else that you feel like we should discuss today that our listeners should know? I would just say that you know, we should also talk about career goals because I know a lot of students feel like they can't achieve what they want to have because it's super important to believe in your child. If they want to become a doctor, we will find resources for them. We can do anything for them. For example, my family supported me when I said I want to be a doctor, even though I am a deaf person, but that didn't mean that there are not equipment there for me to hear the heartbeat or hear anything because you just never know. And I feel like talking about career is super important in the disability community because people always over doubt themselves. And they're like, oh, I can't do this because I can't do this. And I said, whoa, who said you can't do that? And I, and I have people that come to me and say, I can't be this because of school or teachers or the support system bringing them down. And it's just kind of like, that's not fair. And I just want parents to know that their child can achieve anything, no matter what that the person has. It doesn't matter. So just because we don't know how they will succeed, you find a way. Because what you're saying really is there's a lot more technology out there than we might even be able to imagine that's available. So once you start that process, and people, it's like anything else, you have an idea. Now there's those of us who think and think and think and think and only oh, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting, I can't, you know. Then there's others who say, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but they take a step ahead. And what happens? The next piece of the puzzle comes in. They take another step ahead and that next piece. So what we're saying here is there's probably a lot more information and resources available. As a matter of fact, now being a, an entrepreneur yourself, Kalina, um, do you plan maybe in the future having some employees of your own? Of course, 100%. And my employees are going to be people who have disabilities uh, because I want to give them a choice, not choice, but give them a life that they deserve. Oh, a life that they deserve. And what kind of life is that? A life, a lifestyle that they always hope for. Even if it's a nine to five, something that gives them the hope to get out of bed and not feel doubt or even having those negativity in the mind because they feel like no one's going to hire them. I know that feeling because I've been there before. How'd you get yourself out of that? Yeah. How did, how did you get yourself out of that, that thinking like, I just wish, if only? I honestly realized that you need to pull yourself together. And the reason for that is that because you just never know for tomorrow. Tomorrow is not a promise. I always tell people, you just never know when you go home tomorrow. You may be walking, you slip on the ice, boom, you, you might go home, knock on work. 
but you just never know. And that's something that always always have in me. And I just said, live the life you deserve and you want. No matter what people tell you, and I know I know that all the negativity keep out there. But sometimes you have to remember, especially if you're a parent, your child looking up to you every day. And especially me. I look up to my mom every day. My mom's a hustle. Like she hustles every day. I give her, I tell my back to give her the life she is. I would clean the house for her if she wants me to. I would do whatever it takes because my mom sacrificed so much. And trust me when I tell you, your child will know when you sacrifice. My parents, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, they sacrifice a lot. Having a disability is expensive. Anything you do in life, it's expensive. But because you have a disability child, it's double your expenses. And for me, I see that. I see the bill. I see the money. I see everything. And I'm just like, oh my God, no, my mom do not deserve this type of lifestyle. I'm going to give my mom the lifestyle that she deserves. And your child is looking at you right now and saying, I'm going to be like mommy or daddy. And your child will be like you. If that's not powerful enough, I don't know what is. So help your child find their way to quote, live the life that they deserve and that they want. Ladies and gentlemen, you can reach Kalina at kalinaempowerment.com or Instagram, selfqueenboss. You hear that? Selfqueenboss. Don't you just love it? I know I do. Kalina, I hope to have you on again. I hope that you continue your journey to inspire others. I hope that and I know, I don't even need to hope. I know that on the path that you're on right now, you will achieve your dreams because you're already doing it. You're already living it. It's just a matter of time until you step into that full-time profession, that people working for you. And then I have a feeling you might have goals even after that. You have been a true inspiration. And I would like to sincerely thank you for teaching all of us and being open to having these types of conversations because we can all learn from one another. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm happy to be back. I'll be coming back with a book. I have a book. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book for us. Woohoo! Awesome. Do you have a title to this book yet? Yes, I do. It's called Every Day I Am Just Deaf. Every Day I Am Just Deaf. And this book is geared toward what type of reader? It will help anybody to know what it's like to be deaf in the hearing community. And um, is it for adults to read? Is it preteens? Like what age? It's, honestly, it's for everybody. And poetry, it's mixed with poetry and biography. It's going to talk about my personal story in the hearing community. Do you have about a target date when you'll be finished with it? I'm hoping to get it released by May 1st. Oh, so soon. I'm trying to get it back there. Yes. <laughs> so then what I want you to do is we get back in touch. You come back on and we're going to talk about your book. Stephanie, I'm happy about that. Right, everybody? I know. I know you're like, I want to pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> so that means you need to connect with Kalina right now. So you know when this book is coming out and you know when, when you either need or you know somebody who needs mental health services she's your go-to person whether you have a disability whether you're deaf or not we all learn from each other and she has a wealth 
of knowledge beyond her years. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and today. Thank you for listening to the Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast, where school leaders, educators, and parents meet on behalf of children who struggle with learning. To bring workshops to your school or organization, contact Child Behavior Consulting and get started with resources available at childbehaviorconsulting.com, Amazon, and teacherspayteachers.com for ready-to-use resources and children's books. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to review, subscribe, share, and give us a shout-out on social media.